Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 4, Crossroads. Yay! Didn't remember it. Yeah, I, I kind of figured you probably, this would be one of the ones that fell through the mental cracks yeah, of your yeah. memory. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one, though. I like this one. It was a good one. Yeah. I totally predicted the ending, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> when we when we get to the final shot, I'll I'll tell you how Peter Deloise like described that like the final shot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I know that was the other thing too of my comment of this whole episode is like they go through this whole journey and then this thing happens and then like Teal like the very last scene just ruins any sort of plan. That well, I mean we'll get into it when we talk yeah. about it. Yeah. We'll... Yeah. I will talk about it when the time is right. All right. Should we start at the beginning of the episode? Okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So this episode originally aired on July 21st, 2000. It was written by Catherine Powers and directed by Peter DeLuise. Yay. In this episode, Tilk is reunited with his lost love, a woman who claims to have found a way to communicate with her symbiote and defeat the ghoul. Interesting concept, isn't it? It is very interesting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So we start with an incoming wormhole that is with Braytax IDC, and they open the iris and a cloaked figure steps through as Jack enters the gate room, and the figure lowers their hood, and it is definitely not Master Braytax. Instead, this is Shawnock of the Red Hills, played by the oh-so-lovely Musetta Vander. And Braytac sent the IDC but couldn't come himself, as there's apparently some major stuff going down on Chulak. And so Tilk has finally made it to the gate room and immediately recognizes Shawnock and they greet each other as old friends and may, maybe more. And a little, well, something. So the gold on her forehead is obviously not the same as Teal's. Yes. Um, is hers also supposed to be a tattoo? They're, yeah, they're all tattoos, yeah. Yeah, but not the actual gold in the face. Yeah, tattoo. not... Yeah, not the carve into their skin and pour molten gold into it tattoo. Yeah, she's got she's got the fake tattoo. <laughs> or the, the ghetto version of the gold tattoo. She's got she's just got just the yeah, like the surface tattoo like a regular mm-hmm. Jaffa would have. Yeah. But yes. Can you imagine in the distant future when they when they win? And all of these people are like, oh, crap, what do I do with this giant tattoo on my forehead? And then they have to get all their tattoos, like, redone <laughs> and try to make some other fun shape, shapes out of it so it doesn't really look like they're, you yeah. know, gold symbols anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see some fan art on how they would try to cover those up. Yeah. We'll have to pay attention when that does happen later. I don't remember there being discussions about that, but that'll be interesting to keep in mind. Yeah, and how you redo the tattoos. Yeah, yeah. So Jack then is like, uh, hey, hi, can I get an introduction, please? And apparently there's no need because Braytac has told her everything she needs to know. Jack is, of course, Tilk's apprentice and a warrior of great skill and cunning. And Jack's like, right, I'm wait, I'm sorry, apprentice? Like, what? what? <laughs> I know, I was like, that's just like, mwah, I love uh-huh. it, it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so do you think that Braytac really thinks that or he just said that like ah oh, yeah because he knew that Jack would be like no mm-mm. 
Oh, I think that's just Braytac messing with Jack. Yes, because I feel like he would have a really good sense of humor about that poor thing and be like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's, he's Jack's apprentice. He's going to yeah. love it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Hammond then comes down from the control room and she greets him as Hammond of Texas, a great and strong leader among humans. Mm-hmm. Okay, so nice to meet you. Why are you here? How can the SGC help? And she asks to be taken to the Toker immediately as she has information that could lead to the destruction of the Gould. Opening credits. Yes. I mean, that's a cold open for you right there. I mean, the destruction of the Gould, that's everything we've wanted. Yes. Yes, please. Yes. So up in the briefing room, Dr. Fraser has also joined the rest of SG-1 and Hammond to hear what Shawnock has to say. And this is a rather surprising bit of news she has. She claims to be able to communicate with her symbiote. Tilka is immediately like, that's impossible. Nope, can't be done. And Shawnock says she was able to do so in a very deep state of Kelnoreem. And Dr. Fraser does add in a bit about how the symbiote functions sort of like an organ. So there is some quote unquote communication in the way that any organ would communicate with a person's body in the sense of like hormones and electrical impulses. But Shawnock has managed to find a way to actually consciously communicate with her symbiote and has managed to convince it that the Gould are evil and that its desires for like power and galactic domination are wrong. And so the symbiote is requesting to be taken to the Tokra so the symbiote can enter a host and reveal all the secrets of the Gould because the communication she has with it isn't really in words, it's more just like feelings and images. And so the Tokra needs their, the symbiote needs to be able to speak in order to spill all of its secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, no one believes her, not even Tilk. Yeah. Uh, he, he, right. Yeah. Uh, he continues to insist that this whole communication thing is not possible. And, you know, SG1's like, you know, we'd love to be believe you. We would. We really would. But we 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 can't. And this kind of aggravates her. And she stands to leave and says something about so much for the wisdom of the Tari. But then collapses in pain because she's apparently already carried her symbiote for much longer than she should have. And it's basically mature at this point. And we see the symbiote, like, pop out of the pouch, and Hammond calls for the guards to, you know, train their guns on this thing. But Shawnock says some soothing words, and it seems to calm the symbiote back down. And so it goes back into the pouch, but she then passes out. And so Dr. Fraser steps in and is like, we got to get this woman to the infirmary ASAP. So refresh me on why Jaffa can't then become hosts. Well, see, that's the interesting thing, because there was in an earlier episode, Tilk had mentioned that once his symbiote matures, if it can't find a host, it would take over Tilk. But maybe it's sort of playing on, I don't want to take control of this woman who was the host. I don't know. But Mm. that that is one thing I think they maybe forgot about here. Yeah, that sounds like a goof. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So in the infirmary, Shawnock has been given a sedative and Tilk is watching over her and Fraser goes to talk to Hammond and O'Neill and confirms that the symbiote is fully grown. So the other thing to remember here is that basically her own immune system is not functioning that well because the symbiote is her immune system, but the symbiote wants to leave. And so Dr. Fraser is also not sure how much longer the symbiote will stay in its pouch given it's sort of at 
the point where it like needs to find a host to survive. So quarantine might be necessary if this, you know, takes too long. And for some reason, Hammond turns to Jack and is like, do you agree with that? And he's like, yes, of course. Yes, absolutely. Quarantine the symbiote. Yes. Which was a little weird. I was like, why is Hammond asking Jack about that? I don't know. Yeah, that is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shawnock then wakes up, even though she shouldn't have, and she says that her symbiote, who that she refers to as Kalma, has taken care of the sedative. And hearing that word Kalma kind of sets Tilk off because apparently Kalma is the Jaffa, or I guess ancient Egyptian word for child. And this makes him angry because a symbiote is not a child. But then Shawnak goes on to explain, do I not carry it in me as I would my own? Have I not taught it right from wrong as any mother would? You have closed your mind, Tilk. I expected more. Which means that Tilk is also pregnant, sort of. <laughs> I, I, I guess if you want to continue and... this whole child-mother metaphor. Yeah. Oh, I don't think we need to get into that. Okay. Um, <laughs> So Tilk then sort of asks everybody else in the room if they can speak alone. So everybody leaves and Shawnock kind of scolds Tilk for just completely dismissing her claims with as long as they've known each other. Like apparently they've been friends since childhood. And it basically seems like his hatred of the Gould won't let him even entertain the possibility. And he sort of throws back at her about how she was a priestess who worshipped the Gould to which she we then get the explanation of how this whole communicating with her symbiote started. And she says, one day as I meditated in the temple with the others, I heard the thoughts of my symbiote, dreams that were not my own. I reached out to them with my mind and I heard it answer, not in words, but in grotesque images and pain. I realized then that the being that the being I carried was no God, a powerful mind, yes, but not that of a God. I dedicated my life that day to showing it the way of peace. It understands now that the Gould are an abomination. Can you not see what it is that I offer? I thought that was a really really interesting thing for her to say and what basically tipped me off to the fact that no, no no the ghoul is just playing the long game with you because there's no way that it would actually agree that it is an abomination yeah like there's how do no you come away yeah how do you convince something that it is like wrong and evil and shouldn't be and yeah it's yeah it, it's yeah no, it is playing the yeah. long game on you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Uh, she also mentions that Braytac believes her, and Tilk finally relents that there might be one way to get him to believe her, too. Okay. So we then get Jack entering Daniel's office, where he and Sam are, I think they're, like, looking over all, even, all of the information they have on the Gould and their symbiotes and how they work. And uh, Jack lets them know that Shawnock maybe has a couple days. And also he thinks she and Tilk might have some history. And then Sam asks, you know, what what if she's right? Because somebody has to ask that question. What if she's right? So Jack's like, even if she is, you know, what can she tell the Toker that they don't already know? And Sam's like, well, probably a lot. And Jack tries to wave her off again with his whole a snake is a snake argument. But, like, that's not what Sam means. It's that the Tok'ra essentially split from the Gould over 2,000 years ago. And so with the whole genetic knowledge thing, this symbiote that's in Shawnock has probably learned a few new tricks in that time. Yeah. So 
this symbiote would actually be very valuable to like the Tok'ra and the SGC and anybody who's basically in battle against the ghoul. Mm-hmm. And while that's a good point, I guess, Jack is just, Tilt doesn't buy it, so I don't buy it, and there's no way to prove it. So, mm, no, he's staying He's staying on the skeptical side of the argument at this point. I like how Jack was also the one in the scene that was gossiping by starting it off with like, eh, thank you, you're so little going out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how yeah. him that started it. Of, hey. Hey, guess what? <laughs> it's a little something-something. Did you guys see it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Tilk then enters Daniel's office and Jack greets him as Master Tilk <laughs> because of course Jack is Tilk's apprentice. Yes. <laughs> like yep. Mm-hmm. Jack. Yes. Jack is like never gonna let that go. I love it. He should just uh, do that like the whole time. Yep. Yeah. And so Tilk then asks for his help and also that of Sam and Daniel. So mm. what's Tilk planning? Something's so it doesn't doesn't Jack say like Master Tilk, how may I serve you? Or like he yeah, keeps a bit, he keeps yeah, a bit going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in Tilk's room, he's got about eight thousand candles lit, and he's about to enter a very very deep state of Kelnarim, so deep in fact that uh, his heart may even stop at one point, so that he can try and attempt to reach that level of communication with his symbiote that Shawnok had, and the rest of SG one are there to sort of keep him safe because he has no idea what might happen. He might like sort of lash out unconsciously. And so, yeah, they're just there to sort of watch over him and make sure he doesn't harm himself or anybody else. Yeah. And what I found funny about this was that the, the girl said that it took her many, many years to do this from, you know, to actually get it right. And from meditating and all that. And Teal does it like in an afternoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First try. I mean, yeah. Well, he's First try. He's yeah. best at everything. Because so. page two in the protocol, he's took. <laughs> Tilk. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, Tilk starts meditating, and the first thing he sees is actually a vision of his father with Kronos, and it sort of like startles him out of his meditation, and so he tries again, and this time he actually sees Cronus murdering his father by squishing the symbiote in his pouch just remember the symbiote actually knows who teal'c is not weird well mm, if it's yeah. specifically showing him that image of his well, father getting murdered right well because the the symbiote in teal'c came from cronus's queen mm-hmm. so it, it had to have been then implanted at some point after this murder Right, but, like, yeah. if that's the very first and only image that it sends when Tilk tries to reach out with it, of, like, ha-ha, I'm going to show you visions of killing your daddy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that means that the symbiote knows where he is and, like, knows who Tilk is. I guess, yeah, I guess that's a very good question. Weird, isn't it? It is kind of weird, yeah. Why isn't it showing Tilk random images of, you know, death and murder and destruction? Yeah. That's a good, yeah. Huh. That is interesting. Mm, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Unless it can read Tilk's mind and has, can like sort of see images that Tilk has of his father. And then it can search its own memories and be like, hey, I know that guy. And find stuff associated with that guy. But they don't do that. Well, no, but like they don't do that. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, don't, they don't show of any, of any memories of Tilk. 
exchanging with it. No. They just okay. have what it decides to show to Yeah. And right okay. off the bat. I don't know. Yeah. I'm stumped. I don't know. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> it is weird. Yes. Now that you point that out, that is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, sort of as we see his father fall over, Tilk also sort of collapses in his room, and Sam rushes to the phone to call for a med team, but Tilk wakes up and says that's not necessary, so she cancels that. And so they get Tilk up, and he shares what he saw, which was basically a great hatred for him from his symbiote. So may, maybe Shawnock was telling the truth, possibly? Because this has never happened before to Tilk, so... Uh, so we cut back to the briefing room and Anise is now back at the SGC and she Yay. tells she tells everyone about the Tokra queen, Egeria. And Daniel adds that she was the roaming goddess of fountains and childbirth, but also an advisor to Numa Pompilius. And so I looked into Egeria and it, it's just basically what Daniel said. No. <laughs> there's unfortunately, I mean, there's some random stuff, but there's actually not a lot known about her origins, but apparently she's been around forever. Like she helped um, Numa with like creating laws and stuff. So yeah, she seems like a pretty cool chick, but yeah, not much more out there than what like Daniel already said. All right. So cool. All mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. So as for her toke, like how Egeria relates to the Tokra, Anise says that she came to Earth to try and stop the Gould from taking people, but Ra found her and killed her, but not before she literally spawned the Tok'ra movement. And Jack was like, thanks for that image. Don't need that, but okay. Mm -hmm. And so one of the main things this means is that those original Tok'ra from over 2,000 years ago are all that there are. So they're hoping that what Shawnok is saying really is true because then that would mean more Tok'ra to join the fight. And so they tell Anise that Shanok has maybe two days at most, so she's going to head back to talk with the Tok'ra council. But before she leaves, Tilk asks if it might be possible to procure another symbiote for Shanok because he doesn't want her to die. And, you know, she'll try, but she can't make any promises because they don't have any Jaffa amongst the Tok'ra, so they just have to try and find a symbiote somewhere. But she'll try but no promises. And then, that will work. Yeah. Uh, so down in one of the VIP rooms, Shawnok is meditating, but is still in a great amount, great amount of pain from having waited too long with this whole symbiote thing. And she tells Tilk some more of like what happened on Chulak after he betrayed Apophis and that so many Jaffa now look up to Tilk as they once did to Apophis, but also kind of shames him for basically abandoning his people she says, and Tilk insists that his place is here, like on Earth now, but she keeps trying to get him to come back and to lead this movement that he inadvertently started because, you know, Braytac can't keep leading this forever. He's, you know, an old man of 130-some years, I think he'd said. So, yeah, there's a, there's a sort of weird tension of, like, you abandoned your people, and he's like, I'm out here fighting for my people kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, if she does happen to die, who else can pass on the knowledge that they've learned here with the whole communicating with the symbiote? But no, Tilk's not leaving. Tilk is staying on Earth. So he turns to leave, and then Shawnok asks what his symbiote showed him. And so he tells her, like, the death of his father. 
and she seems surprised that Tilk would let his symbiote control him through fear like that. And she tells him about her journey of being able to communicate with with her symbiote and that it took time, but eventually the images and feelings change from horrible, fearful, awful things to something that you might call beautiful. And, you know, there's something else here, like Tilk doesn't want to lose her again. And then they kiss. Oh, man. Yay. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Day. It was, it, like was a it. Nice, it was a nice kiss scene too, like with, the, with the eyes and the face and the yep. mm, and the do mm-hmm. we don't we let's do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so we cut to what is apparently the next morning, and Daniel runs into Tilk as he's leaving Shawnock's room with a big old smile on his face, just in <laughs> case you were wondering what he got up to. Oh, obviously <laughs> they were just like playing cards all night, and you know. Mm-hmm drinking and having a good time and just reminiscing mm, watching TV. Yep. Yes. Playing Monopoly. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How soundproof do you think those rooms are? <laughs> I hope they're real soundproof. <laughs> really, really hope they're soundproof. But also there are, there are cameras in those rooms usually, so. Oh, man, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, Hi. Okay. Hi. I hope those guards just were like, stop. We're, we're just to turn that off and let them go about their business. <laughs> I would have loved like a cutaway scene of the security guard like looking at the TV and then being like, who is it? What? Oh, oh, oh man. Nope. And then like like turning around and kind of smiling and being like, oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved an outtake of that one. Yeah. Oh, and you know Peter Deloise directing this, he totally would have put that in there too if they had yeah. the time. <laughs> um, okay, so Daniel asks after Shawnock, you know, how is she doing? But you know, she's still in a lot of pain. And Daniel then tries to invite Tilk to join him from breakfast, but Tilk just walks off because like he doesn't need breakfast. And I was like, hey, can can you like stop walking for a second? Like I'm trying to be your friend. And like, how are you doing? You know, you've been distracted, which is you know understandable. But, you know, if you need to talk about anything, I'm here. We can, you know, we're friends. This is what friends do. And Tilt kind of turns and, like, grabs Daniel by, like, both of his shoulders and says, if all Jaffa can be taught to commune with their symbiotes, then the days of the ghoul are truly numbered. Which, yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of here for, like, gung-ho Tilt on this, but also, like, are you sure? Okay. Uh, he then adds that if Shanok sur- survives this, he will go with her to try and teach all of the other Jaffa. And if not, then he'll still leave and just go do it himself. So apparently Tilk is now going to be like leaving the SGC after Aww. this is all done and resolved. However, that no, happens. Tilk. I know. Uh, Sam comes running up to them and tells them that the Tokra have accepted Shanok's offer and they're heading out to Borash right now. So up, uh, well, out on Vorash, they head down into the Toker tunnels and meet up with Anise and a couple other Toker guards. And she greets everyone warmly, then goes to shake Sam's hand and says, your father asked that I shake your hand and give Colonel O'Neill a big kiss from him. <laughs> Might want to, I think, I think she got that a little backwards. I don't know. It sounds like that would have been right. <laughs> Maybe for Freya. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
So anyway, Jack then asks, you know, if Freya is in there, and she is, and so Freya comes out to say hi, and Shanok is like, oh my god, it's true, the Toker really do share the body, like symbiote and human host equally, and it's like completely mind-blowing and amazing to her. And Freya then adds that they were able to find another uh, symbiote for Sharnok. So, you know, once the old symbiote comes out, they can put a new one in. And having her alive is an advantage for the Tok'ra too, because if this works, then Sharnok can keep going around and teaching other Jaffa how to do this. So the Tok'ra want to keep her alive too. So Freya then leads them to the room where the volunteer Hebron, played by the amazing Peter Wingfield from Highlander fame, uh, is waiting. I was wondering where I'd seen him before. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, so he is Hebron, and he's, you know, both willing and eager, as Anise says. Mm. And so Jack asks him if he knows what's going to happen. And Anise butts in with like, we've told him everything. And Jack's like, yeah, but the Tok'ra like to leave things out. So I would like to hear it from the person that this is actually going to affect. And so Hebron replies, my own people were enslaved by the Gould a generation ago. I understand what benefit may come from this. So, mm-hmm. okay then. Yeah. So Tilk introduces Shanak to Hebron and they get to know each other a little bit. And then like, oh my God, it's time. The symbiote can't wait and i just started getting like childbirth flashbacks oh <laughs> no it's just like oh my god it's coming um yeah happening right now it's happening can't wait it's just it's happening so uh hebron like rips open his shirt and falls to his knees as the symbiote jumps out of shawnock's pouch and into him which interesting note usually with the tokra the symbiote goes into the back of the neck so you don't see the scar but with the gould they go in the front so you do see the scar so mm-hmm. another little thing there yeah shanok uh-huh. has passed out and so did hebron but after a moment he comes to but is now speaking as the symbiote and he orders anise to go get the symbiote for her like right now and he introduces himself as tanith and pledges his allegiance to the tokra my question to you is, how do you think the Gould named themselves? I was wondering that, too. Because he's obviously hasn't, you know, become raw or anything. So how did he decide that his name is Tanith? Yeah. Yeah, because he's not impersonating anybody. Or is um, he? Or is he? Oh, man, did you look up Tanith? I did. So. <gasps> oh, man, that was the best segue ever. Nailed it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. Ah, gotcha. Oh. Um, so there's not a Tanith, although in current day, this entity is sometimes referred to as Tanith. But back in the day, there was a Tanit, just T-A-N-I-T, who was a goddess of the Punic people, um, like the Punic region, sort of like around the Mediterranean Sea back in the day. And she was the chief deity in Carthage, which is in modern-day Tunisia, along with her consort, Baal, Haman. What? Got Baal coming in here. And so she was worshipped in the Western Mediterranean, mainly like Sicily, Malta, North Africa kind of area. Uh, She was a goddess of war, along with being a mother goddess and a nurse goddess. And the origins of Tanit can actually be traced back to ancient cities in northern Syria, with, um, this is the part that's kind of eh, uh, significant but disputed evidence of child sacrifice being a significant part of that worship. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. There you go. That That's Tanith. Maybe. All right. So it was a girl. It's fun. Got it. Yeah. 
So, but you know, ghouls are genderless. So. Right. Mm-hmm. I still find it fascinating. Yes. Don't take that away from me. Okay. <laughs> so a bit later, SG-1 are waiting in one of the Tok'ra meeting rooms when Anise and comes in first, and then Tanis follows not long after her. And they ask after Shawnok and are sure that she should be fine, but is still weak because the symbiote wasn't quite as mature as it should have been for implantation. And Daniel then asks to speak to Hebron, and it does take a moment but he does come forward to speak and Jack's like, how do I know that's really Hebron and isn't just, you know, the Gould faking it. And it totally was. According to Peter DeLuise, it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but Hebron's like, you know, we'll submit to whatever test you want to prove our loyalty. But yeah, according to Peter DeLuise, it was a fake. It was taken mm-hmm. as fake. So yep. in case totally anybody fake. out there was wondering. Yep. Faker. Big fakey mm-hmm. McFaker. Yes. He's terrible. And so Jack's like, great, wonderful. How about sharing some of that awesome Gould knowledge that you have? And Anise tries to wave him off, like, we'll do, get to that later. And Jack's like, no, now, please. To which Anise responds that Tanith has pledged his loyalty to the Chokra, not the SGC. And Jack is like, are you kidding me? Which I am also, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. for fuck's sake. I used to really like the Chokra. They're starting to piss me off as much as they piss off Jack. Like, really? Yes, totally. Fine. Yes, absolutely. But she's like, don't worry, we'll share whatever information we think is relevant and as it pertains to their alliance. And Sam's like, does my father know about this, basically? <laughs> my father will hear about this. <laughs> and Anise is like, I, we, he will agree with us. And so Jack then asks to talk to Freya because he likes her. And Anise assures him that they're both in agreement. And this whole sort of two people in one body thing is starting to get on Jack's last nerve. And then they're interrupted, though, by the arrival of Tilk and Shawnok. And Shawnok and Tanith speak for a bit. And it's it's really kind of a quite touching moment, even though we know it's kind of all fake. But, yeah. you know, if, if you can put that aside for a moment, it's, I don't know. It's kind of touching, that little moment they have where they actually get to, like, talk face-to-face in words, which is great. And so Jack's like, all right, I guess it's time to head back to Earth and let Hammond know we got the short end of the stick again. 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 And so he just like storms out of the room and Anise is running after him with the rest of SG-1 and Shawnok. And they reach the transportation ring area and Anise is like, please take no offense. And Jack's like, hey, we're getting used to it. He is taking (sighs) offense. but I would too. Yes, absolutely. Um. So he then tells Tilk, you know, you can come back once they've debriefed Hammond. And if the Tok'ra will allow that, and like, of course they'll allow that. So oh Tilk then goodness. asks for a moment uh, to sort of say goodbye to Shawnok. So the rest of them head back up to the surface to wait by the gate. And once they're alone, Tilk tells Shawnok that he'll go back and resign from the SGC. And then the two of them can return to Tulak and tell everyone there about what has happened. Yay. Shawnok then goes to speak with Tanith, and you'll never guess what happened. Oh my God, surprise! It was all a ruse. Oh. He's not loyal to the Tok'ra, he's a gold. He's going to destroy the Tok'ra, and now Shawnok must pay for her audacity to try and, like, you touch the mind of a god, I think he says. Yeah. So, just in case you weren't sure, he's bad and evil. Evil, bad, no good, very bad, horrible. Yes. <sighs> So back at the <laughs> stupid face. Oh, he's terrible. But he do, he has a good villain face, though, I gotta say. He does. I mean, the face almost gives it away. 
by the actor that they chose. <laughs> uh, it, maybe it's the lighting of the face that gives it away. No, yeah. We'll I'm, trying to to think of, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen him in like a cute role. I don't, I haven't seen much of him, but like he, he's one of those guys that pops up every now and then. It's like, oh my God, it's that guy. Yeah. But, yeah. Is he always playing like weaselly type people? I don't, I don't know. Let me, I do have his IMDb open. So we've got Highlander. Um, I haven't seen Sanctuary. I need to watch Sanctuary. I gotta watch that. Um, oh my God, he was in Stonehenge Apocalypse. That's right. Oh, that horrible sci-fi made-for-TV movie with Michael Shanks. Oh, my God. And no, not Michael. Misha. Misha Collins. Yeah. Oh, Apocalypse. It's terrible and but awesome. like, awesomely bad, terrible? It's, like, so bad it's amazing or just yes. flat-out terrible? Is it? Is this the same one? Please tell me this is the movie I'm thinking it is. Uh, yeah. Misha Collins, Tori Higgins, Peter Wingfield. Yeah. Oh, my God. Brent State is in it. Oh, my God. Like, everybody's in this. It's, yeah. Okay. If you haven't seen Stonehenge Apocalypse, go find it. It's it's amazing. It is. It's so good. It's it's terrible, but it's so good in its terribleness. Anyway. um, Love movies like that. You have to be in the mood for them. But if you are, they're fantastic. Yes. Um, Yeah, I'm not recognizing much offhand as to know if enough if they're good or bad um oh he was one of the bad soldiers in x-men 2 yeah what is his name again peter wingfield Peter. Mm-hmm. oh yeah highlander pops up as his you know me from yep the last sin eater Ooh. i always wonder why there aren't more movies and like novels about like sin eaters because that whole thing was just fascinating mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really recognize him from anything where he would have actually played a good guy either. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so back at the SGC, Tilk is telling everybody that he's leaving to return to Chulak with Shawnok. They all try to convince him to stay in their various ways, but nope, his mind is made up. He's leaving, and we have an off-world activation, and it is the Tokra again. Uh, unfortunately, this time, it is it is very much not Good news, Anise has arrived to return Sharnok's body to Tilk. Her and the symbiote were found dead, and basically the Tokar are saying that the symbiote was just too young to be able to heal her, and so since she died, the symbiote died as well, and they've brought her back so Tilk can perform whatever ritual he may wish to perform as far as burial goes. Which I and thought was really nice. It was, yeah. This is this is a very touching moment, and they apparently did actually film uh, Shawnok's funeral with like Tilk and SG One, but unfortunately, it just had to get cut for time. Mm. But uh, yeah, like Peter mentioned in the commentary, it was actually like a really touching and very lovely scene. It's just unfortunately they couldn't make it fit in the episode, which was okay. kind of like. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then, like, Tilk pulls back the shroud covering Shawnok's face and says, as Daniel translate, our love does not end in death. No, that's very beautiful. So we cut then to Tilk meditating, and he has that vision again of Cronus killing his father. And, like, before he, like, screams in pain as his father is killed. And Jack's walking by in the hall, hears what's going on, and knocks and is like, Tilk, Tilk, you okay? Tilk snaps out of it, opens the door declaring to Jack that Shawnok was murdered. Obviously. Ugh. Ugh. 
So Jack and just Jack and Tilk go back to Vorash to present what evidence they have to the Toker Council of Shanak having been murdered, which is like Tilk's vision. And so what the vision told him is that there was Gould blood in her system. And that only happens when the Gould is like crushed like it was in his father when Cronus killed him. So, you know, Tilk has returned for revenge, which the Toker can't let him do that. And just sort of like, let him. Okay, sure. So Tilk nerds and like body checks the guard that's closest to him, which is Peter DeLuise in his cameo that he's in. Oh, I was wondering where the cameo was because I didn't pick it. I didn't find it. Okay. That's him right there. All right. I'm going to have to rewatch. Yeah. And so he runs out of the room and just is like body checking Tokra everywhere as he runs through the Tokra halls and is finally only stopped by like five Toker guards all like piling on him like a football tackle. Yeah. He's like, damn, uh, Tilk. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jack catches up and assures Tilk that they'll get Tanith out of Hebron. And and is like, no, we won't. Because guess what? The Toker know. Or they suspected after Shawnok's death. And so they want to use Tanith to spread disinformation to the Gould. And then once he's no longer useful, they'll extract what Gould secrets they can in other ways. And Jack is like, okay, so what then would happen to Hebron? And they're just like, he knew the risks, but they promised to remove Tanith once they have whatever information they can get out of him. And Anise refuses to apologize for their actions in this and orders the guards to let Tilk go. Yeah. So Jack and Tilk go see Tanith, escorted by uh, Anise, and uh, Peter DeLuise referred to this as as the Hannibal shot. Uh, when he just he's, just like, up hand. he's just like standing in a dark room by himself. No, he's like looking. he's just out in the hall, like in the shadows, okay. in the hall outside his room. Okay, when I saw that, I thought he was like in some sort of room. But anyway, it's like conveniently lit to just yeah. strategically look creepy. And he's just like standing there looking at him, yep. all creepy face. Yep. He's in not case- doing very well at trying to blend in. Not. No, no. <laughs> it's it's really like he's just standing. He might as well be standing there with like devil horns, going, "I am evil." No, he'd stand there with devil horns, being like, "I'm normal. <laughs> like I'm blending in yes. a toker-like way." Yes. Yes. And <laughs> so. I do, I just, I really lo- do though, love this exchange that Tanith and Tilk have. And, you know, Tanith is just like, oh, it's such a loss. Poor Shawnock. And he just wants to slap him. And then he's like, you know, but why are you here? And Tilk goes to look upon you and know that Shawnock's sacrifice will not be in vain. To which Tanith says, you have my promise. I hope one day we will meet again, Tilk. And together, remember she who meant so much to both of us. Tilk, like, bows his head and does the thing where he keeps his head bowed but like looks up with his eyes so you know Tilk means business as he says we will meet again you have my promise the end which I mean that's the scene that I was talking about at the beginning Mm -hmm. where like it's beautiful for tv it's a great tv moment loved it loved the scene itself but if the Tokra had just finished telling them, okay, so here's the deal. We know he's a spy. We know he's going to be feeding information, but we want to not let him know that we know so that we can feed him fake information. That whole scene just threw it right out the window where they yeah. kind of look at each other with like the devil eyes and they're like, 
my, this is so sad. I hope yes. we can work together to find our common go. You know, like, it's yeah. just, oh, yeah. it was so terrible. So great for TV. But like, yeah. if that had really happened along this storyline, you know that any work they had done to like not let him know that they know that they know, you know what's going just out the window. Yeah. Out the window. Yeah. Apparently, an early draft of the script did actually have Tilk killing Tanith, but then they cast Peter Wingfield, and they were like, well, we can't kill him because he's amazing. He's too famous and awesome, and yeah. we need to get out. Okay. Yeah. And then also, once they cast Musetta Van, they were like, oh, we want to keep her, but like, unfortunately, Shawnock does have to die for the storyline to progress, unfortunately. Um, but there there was regret about having to kill her because they everybody was like, We want we like her, can we keep her around for longer? No, we can't crap. Damn it. So that's gotta be like that's a really awesome thing for an actor like, to be yeah. in a role and have them be like, No, we like you, we're keeping you, we're changing the script completely completely so that you don't die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that must be like, okay, thanks. I, yeah. that, that makes me feel nice. Yeah. So why do I do that? <laughs> that's like awesome for an actor, yay. Yeah, yay. <sighs> okay. Um, memos for this week? Yes, I'm declaring that the memo for this week is if the Gould agrees that it is, in fact, an abomination, it is lying to you. <laughs> so I like it. Assume the Gould is lying to you if it assume. agrees that it is evil. <laughs> Okay. I like it. That makes sense. Yep. Yes. Company memo. If a ghoul is on your side, it is lying to you. Okay. Um, okay. So the title for this week, we have Crossroads, which I think there's maybe kind of a double meaning here because they're sort of till possibly leaving the SGC and sort of the crossroads within his personal life. But also crossroads are where you make deals with the devil, which is kind of what the Tokra are doing here. Also, the Britney Spears movie. I've never seen that. So, does does that apply to this situation? It might. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's also a Ralph Macchio Crossroads movie at some point in time, which I've never seen. I don't think any of those actually relate to this. I don't think so either. No. <laughs> um, we have two interesting foreign territory titles. Uh, in French, it was called Crossed Destinies. Oh. And I think, once again, the German title gave away what happens, and they called it Shawnock's Sacrifice. Oh. <laughs> they should have just called it Shawnock Dies at the End. <laughs> my, yeah, mine as well. Because uh, like, what was that, like, Charest's Sacrifice? Wasn't there, wasn't, like, Charest's Sacrifice or something there forever in a day? Oh, um, maybe. Something like that. I yeah. forget. Like, or just Share dies or something. That yeah, was the like, death of Share. That's what it was, the death of Share. That's what okay. it was. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, well, <laughs> gee, I wonder what happens in this episode. <laughs> They're not ones for suspense. No. Uh, so final thoughts on Crossroads. I mean, I really liked the episode, except for the the last scene, although separately amazing does not go with the storyline at all. Yeah, if they're trying to keep the whole I know you know we know I know you know thing under that didn't yeah, that didn't quite you know. work for that. But no. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very I would good love to be. like an outtake of that one where Peter 
I can't think of his character name anymore, but he turns around and then he's like, nailed it. They have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) They're in the palm of my hand. Have him on like one of those tiny ball communication devices. They suspect nothing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter at SG underscore rewatch or send us an email at woo SG rewatch. That's W O O S G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for divide and conquer. Bye. Bye.